Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. We are so glad you joined us today, and we are excited about what God has in store for you. You know, one of the things that uh, we are going to begin talking about this next couple of weeks as we get into our Exceedingly Abundantly series is the power of prayer. And I just love talking about this because I have experienced that. But one of the things that I was thinking about is the way I grew up. Did anybody grow up in a small town? Okay, I grew up in a small town, and actually Tony Rather and I were talking in between first and second service, and since he lived near my small town, he corrected a lot of my details, which was great because they were better, and so I lived in Texarkana, and so this was a very small town when I lived there, and it is a thriving city now, but when I was there, it was a skating rink, there was the movie theater, and the mall. And the movie theater was called Joy Cinema. And you had to put your feet up on the chair because there were mice everywhere. So <laughs> this is, so you just did it. It was only like a dollar to see a movie. You put your feet up, you're safe. Uh, but I remember the day when they started building a new movie theater. And it was actually movies eight. And so there was going to be eight screens and that was super exciting because joy probably had like three (laughs) three he says three so this was a small town I grew up in I loved it we used to call it t-town but of course just like most of my other teenage friends we all couldn't wait to get out of t-town our dreams and our aspirations we thought let's go see the world we had no intention to stay there okay so we definitely wanted to expand our view of life in the world and we knew there was so much to see and so I had read books about missionaries and you know had I loved school so I loved learning about history and geography and all that and so at 17 I get my passport And up until that point, I'd only been on a plane once to my cousin's wedding. The most adventure I had experienced was babysitting and summer camp. Okay, so this was a big deal, and I was so excited. And so I jumped into a mission team uh, going to uh, where I did not know anybody. I didn't know anybody on this team. Okay, so I don't just go down to, like, Mexico with my youth group. I go all the way to the Philippines for my first mission trip. And so it was amazing, y'all. I thought this passport is like magic. It literally, the world has opened up to me. There are no limits. I can see the world. I was so excited to experience the culture and the new food and the new terrain and the new type, like the different people. And so I remember that the young woman that was with me, we were partners And so she was from, like, Ohio. And she was pretty, uh, like, sober-minded, like, not really emotional. And so I was super excited and, like, naive. So I was excited about everything I saw. Like, everything was a big deal. I mean, I was kind of the black sheep of the team because I had never been anywhere like that. I was like the girl who brings, you know, like, high heels to the jungle. Like, I didn't know what to expect, and I just made sure I had everything that I could possibly need. And so I was at the end of, almost the end of the week, uh, the girl kind of started getting frustrated with me, and I started talking about how great the breakfast was and this meat they were serving us. 
And I was thinking, this is Filipino, and this is so special, and it was so delicious. And uh, I was just bragging on it, and she looked at me, and she said, you know that that's spam, right? (laughs) She was like, where have you been? You've never had spam? And so I grew up in a healthy home, and so that was very much looked down upon (laughs) to eat that kind of food. And so it was great and delicious. And um, (laughs) the one thing that I remember the, the pastor, one of the pastors that we had met, he was uh, getting excited about making sure everybody had tried balut. And balut is a duck egg that's fermented and then steamed. And so that is a delicacy in the Philippines. And when you go on a mission trip, you have to eat what you're served. You can't, you can't make a funny face. You can't say no. You have to eat it. And so I remember all week being afraid of someone giving me balut. And I'm telling my team member, I'm like, I can't do it. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm going to throw up. And so sure enough, she's like, you're going to have to eat it. Like, you don't have an option. And he uh, gives everybody balut in the meeting. And he um, looked at me and said, except Katie, she doesn't have to eat this. (laughs) So I went that whole 10 days not having to eat balut, which was a huge miracle, I thought, from God. (laughs) But one of the things that I got home, I was so excited about everything that I had learned and experienced, I quickly started planning a trip to Poland. And so I just was like, let's conquer the world, let's go to every continent. I just loved it. It was so exciting. And I think with our spiritual life, the Lord has provided something, a passport to the supernatural. And prayer is our passport to the supernatural. It's what helps us reach heaven while our feet are here on earth. And so one of the things that I believe prayer provides and does is it keeps us out of our small town faith, not because small towns are bad. I'm talking about in the the light of faith. And opens up our whole world, our whole spiritual world to God's kingdom. And that was God's heart for us. When Jesus came to earth in the Gospels, he continued to point us to his perspective, to what he cared about, what mattered eternally. He kept on saying, hey, that's what matters here on this earth. But don't worry about the things of this earth. Look at what's eternal. Care about what matters eternally. He kept on saying, yeah, that's in your kingdom. But this is what my kingdom is all about. And so that's what prayer does. It expands our territory. It opens up our eyes, and it helps us see what God cares about. And so God's kingdom is vast. It's powerful. We live under an open heaven. That means that we can know God clearly. We can know God closely. We can know God intimately, and we can be a part of something bigger than we could ever imagine because of what he has opened up for us. You know, Jesus taught us that his house should be a house of prayer. And so one of the things that I believe God's doing here in the house is that we are building a physical building over there that's called the house. But I believe he's producing something inside of us that we are the living church that will be a house of prayer And I believe he's preparing us in this way so that we can see more ministry than we could ever possibly imagine through that facility. Because it isn't about the facility, but God will use the facility. He will use the natural and touch it and make it supernatural. He will change lives with something that we never could imagine why that would need to change lives. Pulling up carpet yesterday, breaking up tile. 
That's a step of faith to change lives and have an eternal impact. He changes everything we do to help us see eternally. He changes everything we do that he can use anything to be about God's kingdom. You know, my assignment today is that we would pray without limits. Now, here at the house, we do believe in prayer. We have a praying staff. We have Tuesday night prayer that I would definitely invite you to. And then we also have opportunities on Sundays. If you've noticed, the last several weeks, we've opened up the altars to receive prayer. And the reason why is because we are a house of prayer. But yet each individual, each one of us, is responsible to cultivate our own relationship with God. To have a personal relationship in such a way that we can call ourselves, I am a house of prayer. Like when you come to me, it doesn't go in one ear out of the out in one ear and out the other. It goes to the Lord in prayer. And that I believe each and every one of us is called to do. Okay, so the Christian life requires supernatural power. If you haven't faced something yet that you don't feel like you can do without God, then just wait just a little bit longer because it's coming around the corner. That's what we we walk in our Christian faith, and God starts giving us opportunities to step out of our comfort zone. He starts giving us opportunities to obey. He starts giving us opportunities to surrender. He gives us opportunities that he knows we can't do without prayer. We can't do without him. We can't do without his power. And when we have a relationship with him, that's what is open up to us. We have access to his revelation, his wisdom, his knowledge, his power, his miracles, his breakthrough. And that doesn't mean that every time we pray, we get the answer we want. It just means that we have a God who hears our prayers. And he can handle whatever we are going through. You know, there are a couple things in this world that go together. Like a garage and a car. And you know, a garage without a car is just a storage building. That's kind of what my two of my garages have become. It's just a place for things. It's no longer worthy of the name garage. But you know, there's a couple other things like a sandwich and bread. Do you know the definition of a sandwich? You can't have one without bread. So if you go to your healthy restaurant that says it's a lettuce sandwich, it's no such thing. You have to have bread to have a sandwich. Okay, it can't fulfill its purpose apart from the bread. You have a lamp and a light bulb. They have to go together or it can't fulfill its purpose. And so a lamp without a light bulb is just decoration. It's just collecting dust. There is no real purpose for it. And that's the same thing that I believe is being taught to the early church. They were being taught by the apostles that the Christian life is not separate from a prayer life. Our prayer life is the purpose that we have in our Christian life. It can't, one doesn't go without the other. It can't be separated. You know, James 5, 13 through 16 says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who's sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another. And what else? Pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. 
Okay, so this scripture gives us a lot of times to prayer, to lead us to prayer. One of the things that I look at this scripture and think, wow, there's not much time outside of these things that we go through. We're either suffering or we're cheerful or we're sick or we're weary. In the context of this sickness, it was also spiritual weakness or spiritual weariness. And so then, and then, or we're either needing to repent of sin. In every single situation, I don't have much time in between those scenarios. And when I do have time in between those scenarios, I'm supposed to pray for everybody else who's going through this. So in 1 Thessalonians, Thessalonians, it says, pray without ceasing. So what does that mean? Never stop praying. So there is this constant, continual relationship with God that he's calling us to, especially in the epistles, in the New Testament. They constantly remind us to go to the Lord in prayer. And I believe that this is something that the house can be known for. One thing that we have offered is the altar ministry. And I just want to speak to each and every one of you. When you are spiritually weary, or you are facing sickness in your mind or in your body, the prayer at the altar is not because there's, there's special, elite, you know, magical prayers. It's just another Christian who can believe God with you to pray with you. That can say, if you are having a hard time believing today, I'll believe on your behalf. If you're struggling, I'm not mad about that. I'm not worried about that. I'm not, sh- I'll just pray for you. Because I know I can't do anything, but God can. And so that is one of the reasons why we've included it in our service, because we are always supposed to be praying. The next thing is confession of sins and repentance of sins. I just think that repentance is one of the greatest gifts that God's ever given us. And oftentimes we get so shameful and we don't want to repent or we don't want to say that we messed up. But yet this is the very thing that Jesus did to provide. He made us a way for us to be forgiven. And it says the, right, the prayer of a righteous person has great power. Guess what? It's not dependent on our righteousness. The Father God looks at us through Jesus' righteousness. So when we sin and we mess up, we ask for forgiveness, and we are forgiven and made righteous. We are seen through the lens of what Christ did on the cross. And so, therefore, we should be a house full of those who are suffering and receiving prayer, those who are cheering on and and having a a praise report praise is a type of communication of or with the lord so when it says praise that is also a type of prayer and so when we are sick when we are weary when we are sinning we can all go to the lord in prayer so in your life group in your group me you can say oh yeah people need prayer that's normal that's why we're here for each other That's what we're talking about in James. You know, this verse points up to many life's ups and downs. So if you're up or if you're down, prayer is where we need to be going for the power that God has. You know, however the devil's plan is to keep us from praying. We know that the devil understands the power of prayer. And so once a prayer is prayed, it is eternal. It's already accessing the supernatural. And the devil actually can't steal that prayer. But he loves to keep us busy and distracted and hopeless and stuck. And in situations that we think we can do it all ourselves without him. And so 
what we do is we fall into the trap of the enemy and we believe his lies. But yet, do you know that the truth of God is more powerful than his lies? He knows the truth. He knows that the truth defeats his lies. He's hoping we buy into the lie and forget the truth. But the truth of God, the word of God can replace every lie that the enemy has spoken to you, and it will set us free. So anything that has kept you from praying and seeking God is something that the devil is using to try to keep your prayers from being heard. Because there is no power in a prayer unprayed. If a prayer is not prayed, there is no power. But as soon as you give that to the Lord, there is now supernatural protection over that prayer. And the Lord is going to see to it that his word is applied to it. And he moves on your behalf. You know, like a surveyor draws lines to limit your access to land. I think of the fact that when we built a house, we had a survey. And we know exactly where our land is beginning and ends. And that's oftentimes what we do in our prayer life. We put limits on our prayer life. We say, here is the line that we can pray. And God is saying, Jesus came so that you could access the throne room of God and you no longer have those limits that you wrote yourself. And so the Bible says that we can come boldly to the throne of grace in our time of need to receive the mercy that is the very thing that the devil would want to keep from us. In Hebrews, it tells us to come boldly. And so we don't have those lines anymore set by anybody but ourselves. And when we pick up the passport of prayer, crosses the line of the natural and it moves us to the supernatural and it says anything is possible with our God but these lines that we draw oftentimes are things that hold us back like our history if you serve God long enough you probably prayed a prayer that you didn't get the answer you had hoped and there can be a lot of disappointment due to that because this life is short and we do experience hurt and sadness and loss. But yet, the prayer prayed is still in faith, not just to pray the prayer, but to receive the answer. We need, pray, we need faith to, to pray the prayer, but we also need faith to receive the answer. Because if the answer is yes, or if the answer is no, or if the answer is wait, or if the answer is trust, we still have to put forth the faith to receive the answer. And there is power in that faith. Many of us may have a skewed perspective of God. You know, if you had a distant father that did not want a relationship with you, sometimes it's hard for us to think of our heavenly father wanting to draw close to us, being there for us, protecting us, providing for us. Some of us, if we had a cold mother, it's hard to really see the Holy Spirit as able to comfort us because we've never experienced it here on this earth. Or maybe we had a friend or a brother or a sister whom just flat out let us down, betrayed us, lied, backstabbed. And it's hard for us to receive Jesus as Savior and friend and dependable and never let us down. And here we have these scenarios that we have earthly examples that skew our perspective of our heavenly relationships. And it can keep us from being able to pray the prayers that are bold that God is wanting to 
stir in us and to move on our behalf for. He's wanting us to take those limits off of our prayers. He's wanting us to access his throne boldly. Now, Hebrews, we talked about that, so I'll skip that. But Jesus paid it all for you and me to be his family. Let's put up Hebrews 4.16. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace. We have access to spiritual inheritance, and we come boldly to the throne of grace because we are his child. We are his sons. We are his daughters. And my children do not lightly ask me to get into the pantry. Sometimes they don't even ask me. <laughs> okay, so here's the deal. They, are, they have access to the inheritance in our home, and we have access in our father's home because of the spiritual inheritance he opened up for us. Our prayers are not met with boundaries like time or money or ability. His ability is what our prayers meet. His provision is what our prayers meet. He is the one that turns our natural prayer, just our voice, just our thought, just our, our hope into something supernatural that we see with our eyes in the present. Ephesians 3, 20 through 21 says, and this is the scripture we've been focusing on this year, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. See, this is Paul's prayer for the church. And he was wanting to expand our view of God. When we draw close to God, we know him. And we are able to see his exceeding and abundant nature. We realize that when we pray what we ask or think, it's not enough. When we pray what we, we can imagine or we can, what we can do, it's not as much as what he is capable of. He does own it all. There are no lines. It's not like the neighborhood you live in where you own your spot and your neighbor owns the next. God owns it all. And so there is no boundaries when we come to his throne boldly and ask for help. You know, the scripture exceedingly, abundantly has been the vision for this year. And Pastor Stephen and my hope is that each and every family and each and every single that calls the house their home would experience exceeding abundant in your life. That every area of your life has the possibility to see God move exceedingly and abundantly in your life. Every area that you've given up hope, every area that you think, what in the world could God do to fix it? But it's the things that you think are impossible that God is saying, hey, I'm calling you to believe. I'm calling you to see me as exceedingly and abundant. And here we are purchasing this building and doing more than we feel like we could do because we're trusting the Lord, but it is a physical representation of what I believe that God is doing inside the lives of the people in the house. And you know, exceedingly means far more to a great extent, exceptionally, extremely. Abundantly means plentifully, freely, in huge numbers, all over the place. More than that, all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, what is the power at work within us? It is the Holy Spirit. 
And that Holy Spirit is the spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And if it is according to his power, and he conquered death, hell, and the grave, then there truly is no limits when we meet the exceeding abundant God. And to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And that's the thing about God. He does it generationally. When he does something eternal, he turns it into something generationally. He wants to move not only in your physical children, but maybe your spiritual children. There is a destiny inside of you that affects generations that is waiting to be unlocked when we believe that our Prayer is our spiritual passport to the supernatural. When we look around the world and we look at all the hopelessness and we look at all the problems, there is a supernatural passport that he's given each and every one of us that we can access his power. You know, Paul's prayer to the church was just constantly calling them out of their natural thinking, calling them out of their small thinking, saying, think bigger, know God more, because I know when you do, you cannot think or imagine what he has in store for you. You know, John 15, 7 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And I know wishes sound fun, wishes sound great, but this is not a license for us to be entitled. Honestly, the Greek word in this scripture is thelo. Our connotation of wish is different than what it was in the Greek. The Greek actually means will. Will or wish, but our interpretation of this word would be more leaning towards will. So this changes everything. The word, it's interpreted differently because what we see as wish is like a genie in a bottle, Aladdin. All of those things. But that's not what we're doing when we're praying. What if our prayers change from what we want to what do you want from me? What do you want for me? What if our prayers change from our wishes to our willingness? Our willingness to submit to his voice, to obey his call, to follow his lead, to give out of cheerfulness or to serve with the right heart. What if our prayers change from what we think we need to what God has capacity for in the supernatural. When we pray in faith, I am willing, Lord, he opens up the exceedingly abundantly. You know, there's a story about a young boy that walked into a room with God, and he saw all of these treasures. It was houses and money and body parts, like eyes and ears and and legs and arms. And the little boy said, God, what is this? What is all of this? And he said, these are answers to prayers never prayed. And I can't help but to think what all could be in that room of our own lives. Could it be ministries never developed? God-given dreams never fulfilled? Healings never received? Restoration never experienced? Deliverance never walked in? What kind of prayers, if we were willing to pray the prayer of willingness that we could experience in our own lives. You know, there's a few things that I thought, you know what, the reason why we don't pray these prayers, the reason why we don't necessarily feel like the treasures are worth it, sometimes it's fear and sometimes it's comfortability and sometimes it's control. But these are the questions we may ask ourselves. If I ask this prayer, 
what is he going to require of me? If I ask this prayer, will this be hard or painful? And if I ask this prayer, can I determine the outcome? These things, these questions limit what we ask for God. Because we're afraid if he gives what he can give, the eternal thing, the thing that matters the most, the thing that's about his kingdom, then what is it going to require of me? Does it make me get out of my comfort zone? Does it make me lose a little bit of control? Does it make me feel a little hurt or pain? Because not all hurt or pain is bad. Sometimes that hurt or pain is the thing that reveals to us what he wants us to be healed in him. And so as we look at these questions and wonder if our prayers need to change from our wishes to our willingness, I know in my own life, I've walked with the Lord for many years, and I'm so grateful for my relationship with God. But as I've gotten older, my physical passport doesn't get used as much. Okay, I'm 39 years old. I have four kids. I have a lot of responsibilities. And the last thing that sounds great is going to travel and spend more money and all the responsibility I'd be leaving behind and having to tie up before I leave. So I travel less and less. And I think the longer I walk with the Lord, the Lord has challenged me to not get weary in my willingness to keep on picking my spiritual passport of prayer up and still pray the things that I'm willing for him to do and to still allow him to take me out of my comfort zone and still allow him to help me surrender my control and allow him to produce something with a generational eternal impact in my life, something bigger than I could think or imagine. And I believe this room is full of people who are ready to pick up their spiritual passport. Those of you who love prayer and understand the power of prayer and you access that in your life daily, I believe this is your encouragement to not feel like anything that you're doing is wasting any time. Your prayer is powerful. Your prayer is working. Your prayer is being heard. And yes, it is eternal, and we can't control the timeline, but something is happening in the supernatural because of our faith here on this earth to pray the prayer. And for those who have never picked up their spiritual passport, I just want you to know that it is worth it. Do it. Pray the prayer of willingness to the Lord and see what he can do beyond what we could imagine. I do want to spend some time in prayer today over just a few issues that I feel like God wants to move on our lives personally. So the worship band is going to come up, and we are going to meet together at the church building right after this to pray around the building. And what I am asking of you is that you would go and you would pray without limits. Okay, don't pray the small prayers. Pray the bold prayers. Pick up your spiritual passport and say, God, use this church. Use this vision. Use this building to make an eternal generational impact in Northwest Arkansas and in the world. Pray big prayers because God is not limited to your prayer list. He's saying, believe more. Pray more. And so when you go there, we're not going to give you a mic. You're not going to be on the spot. You're just going to pray with everybody. It's not going to take a lot of time, but I do want to encourage you. Don't miss out on the opportunity to partner with God to see something exceedingly abundantly after service.
But as we close, I just want to pray for a few different things that I believe that God wants to move in our lives exceedingly and abundantly. And the easiest thing for me to do would just say, everybody stand up and let's pray. But I felt like that was more for me than you. And so I actually believe I'm going to have you stand if this is something you want the exceedingly abundantly opened up in your life. And the reason why I'm asking you to stand is because I believe that step of faith is exactly what we need to be able to access the exceedingly abundantly. And so the first thing I'm going to pray for is marriages. And that, this doesn't necessarily mean anybody who is struggling or maybe you're not even about to get divorced, but you're just in a funk. Or maybe you've lost the passion or the purpose. But I believe that the marriages of the house are going to another level that we're going to see the exceedingly abundantly in our homes. I am praying that every single marriage remembers the vision of why God has put them together and that they didn't know the vision in the first place, that God is going to reveal that. And there is going to be an impact made greater than your personal emotional needs. So if that is you today and you want the Lord to open up his exceedingly abundantly in your marriage, Will you stand with me as I pray? Lord, I just thank you for each marriage and home represented in this place. God, I just thank you that we have a room full of people willing to pray the prayer of willingness, that we're willing to change, that we're willing to shift, that we're willing to get out of our comfort zone, that we're willing for it to hurt a little bit and we're willing to surrender so that you can produce exceeding and abundant in our marriages. Lord, I thank you that they are no longer two but one flesh and what therefore God has joined together, no one can separate. Lord, I thank you that these marriages are following your commandment to love one another just as you have loved them. And by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Thank you, Lord, that these homes represented are full of your perfect love. Not perfect people, perfect love. That they're full of forgiveness. That they're full of mercy. That they're full of purpose. And for those in this room that have actually said we're not good for each other, that they would replace that lie today with the truth and say the truth is we were put together on purpose to make a difference in this world generationally and eternally. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. The next group of people I want to pray for is for our finances, and then we'll have the announcers come up, and we'll go over to the new building. And so if it is your finances that you are hoping to see God exceedingly abundantly reveal himself in, I want to pray over you. I believe the house is going to be known for our giving. I believe that that's not just as a church, but as individuals. And I believe the revelation of giving and the revelation of his prosperity to be, a, to be blessed, to be a blessing, is going to be contagious. One of the things that I really believe, though, is I believe that there's somebody that has more than enough in the bank and is still stressed because they don't feel like they have enough. And there's somebody in this room that is feeling that specific thing. 
I have enough in my bank account, but it doesn't feel enough. And it feels like it's going to crush you. So if that is you, I definitely want you to stand up with this next group. But this portion of ministry is for every single person that wants to see their finances be touched supernaturally for a generational eternal impact. So if that is you, I want you to stand right now. Lord, I just thank you that we have a room full of people saying, I'm willing. Lord, I thank you that this room full of people are seeking you first, your kingdom, your righteousness, and every other thing that they are concerned about or in need of will be added to them, not because it is a wish, but because we are willing to use whatever you give us to see your kingdom grow and prosper. So God, I thank you for your supernatural blessing on the finances of those standing up right now. Lord, I thank you for chains to be broken. Lord, I thank you for walls to be torn down, lies of poverty to be replaced with the truth of your word. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for setting us free. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.